Friends, there's an old saying, memento mori. It's Latin and means, remember that you must die. St. Benedict told his monks to keep death daily before their eyes. This wasn't said to frighten them or to cause them undoing anxiety. Rather, it was to help them live lives of holiness because for all of us, this worldly life will end. As Pope Francis has said, our final goal is the encounter with the risen Lord. Thus, the problem is not when, but rather being prepared. Neither is it about knowing how these things will happen, but instead, how we have to act today. What about us? Do we engage in the powerful spiritual practice of remembering our death so that we can stay present in the days God has granted us and prepare for his call to the next world? As people of faith, we are called to live in holiness in the present moment and trust that Jesus will come someday with great power and glory. With this in mind, let's take a look at the readings we have heard today. The readings invite all of us to focus our attention on the three ways that Jesus comes into our lives. The first has already happened in which the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He became our redeemer by dying for us and rising from the dead. The second way Jesus comes to us is either at, the, at our death or at the death of the world, in which he will bring our salvation to completion. The third way is when we, he enters our lives, when we imitate him in our daily interaction with one another and move forward in genuine Christian living. So our first reading was taken from the book of Daniel. It was meant to give comfort and hope to a Jewish community being persecuted by a cruel pagan king. This was a dangerous and frightening time for the Jewish people. So Daniel's prophetic message to them addressed their needs and bolstered their morale. Daniel promised them the sure and definitive intervention of Yahweh. God would be with them even when they faced persecution and hardship. Daniel writes about the great tribulation, the resurrection from the dead, and the divine judgment, and his prophecy speaks of those who are wise and those who are foolish, rewards for those prepared, and punishment for those who are not. The responsorial psalm, Number 16 reminds each one of us that it is God himself who is our allotted portion and cup and that with him at our side we shall not be disturbed or distressed. In our response to this message, the Holy Spirit has us sing and cry out with joy our affirmation of our faith. You are my inheritance, O Lord. In our second reading, the author of Hebrews challenges us to look to the future with hope and serenity because Jesus, who sits forever at God's right hand, is the mediator, 
the one who secured the forgiveness of our sins and our sanctification through his sacrifice on the cross. The author's intent was to show that Jesus himself had fulfilled the old institutions of the Mosaic law and exceeded them. The author asserts that the old and repetitious sacrifices were futile, while the one sacrifice of Jesus makes us perfect forever and wins the forgiveness of sin, rendering further sacrifice unnecessary. Through Jesus' saving gift of himself, perfect praise has been offered to God. Sin and guilt have been expiated, and absolute intimate union has been achieved. Jesus, the new and the only high priest, has a seat at God's right hand, closer than any other priest has ever come to him. For Jesus' sacrifice made possible the forgiveness of sins and the formation of a new relationship between God and man, one in which we are all invited into union with God. In today's gospel, Jesus speaks about the displacement of celestial bodies at the end of the world, followed by the appearance of the Son of Man in glory to establish the reign of God. The coming of the Son of Man in clouds with great power and glory echoes a passage in Daniel. Cosmic disturbances of the sun, moon, and stars are images traditionally associated with the manifestations of God's judgment on Israel. In the creed we recite at Mass, we proclaim that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. The Lord is not only the destination of our earthly pilgrimage, but should also be a constant presence in our lives. He is at our side. He walks with us. He loves us. Friends, there are a couple of things that we can take from our readings and, and apply to our lives. First, we should recognize that God comes to us in the ordinary events of daily life. We must learn to recognize and welcome him in the everyday occurrences, whether they be happy and encouraging or painful and disappointing, but always remembering that Jesus will come without warning. We should also remember that our Lord is present among us whenever people treat each other with dignity and respect, gentleness and thoughtfulness. We should never be afraid of the second coming because we are in the hands of a good and loving God. Jesus gives us the message that he is on this journey with us and that his word is forever to be heard as a beacon of hope. This is why the Mass is so important. It is because the more we participate, the closer we become to our Lord. The more we receive him in the Eucharist, the more completely he can remain with us. And so, my friends, we have to ask ourselves this one question. If I were to learn today that I had but one year to live, what changes would I make in my life? Remember the advice of St. Benedict, keep death daily before your eyes, and the words of Pope Francis, it is not about the how or the when, it is about being prepared.